Good morning. You're listening to the political segment on Coffee Mornings with Aisha. This is your political segment correspondent, Azra Siddiqui, and I am pre-recording this, so I just wanted to let you know I will not have today's Republican debate talking points on this podcast, but I did want to discuss the Super Tuesday results. So what is Super Tuesday? It's when more states vote and more delegates are at stake than on any other single day in the presidential primary campaign. So I'm sure you all saw on Facebook and everywhere that, especially in Texas, we were part of Super Tuesday and we were considered the crown jewel. So some of the other states that held primary and caucuses were Alabama, Alaska for the Republicans, American Samoa for the Democrats, Arkansas, Colorado for Democrats, Georgia, Massachusetts, Minnesota, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas, Vermont, Virginia, and plus Democrats abroad. So how many delegates were up for grabs? There were 865 delegates for Democrats and 595 for Republicans. Of course, we all know that Donald Trump won a majority of them, and it goes to show how in New Hampshire and Massachusetts, Massachusetts, when he won those states, he was winning the white working class moderates, like so-called the Reagan Democrats. In South Carolina, Tennessee, Alabama, and Georgia, he's winning the evangelicals and the Bible Belt. And there was a record-shattering Republican turnout in Virginia, and it shows that he has expanded the party's base of voters. Meanwhile, Ted Cruz won Texas, which is his home state since he's the senator of Texas, Oklahoma, and Alaska. Marco Rubio finally got his first win, and that was in Minnesota. Um, Kasich and Carson didn't do so well. Kasich was in second place in Vermont, and he lost just by a little bit. Um, Carson didn't really win anything, and he's not really participating in the debate today. So it looks like he could be out because he said he wasn't participating since he felt that his campaign wasn't going anywhere. But he intends to make a speech on Friday. So I wonder if that's his, you know, final goodbye to the political campaign. But I guess we'll wait and see. Meanwhile, on the Democratic side, Hillary Clinton won big. She won Tennessee, Texas, Alabama, Arkansas, Massachusetts, Virginia, and Georgia. Texas was expected. Most of the um, southern states were expected. What was interesting was Massachusetts because they're considered a more left-leaning state. And it was interesting and kind of shocking, I think, for the Bernie Sanders campaign that she won over there. Meanwhile, Bernie Sanders won Oklahoma, Vermont, Colorado, and Minnesota. So in one night, Hillary Clinton nearly quadrupled her delegate tally to 544, while Bernie Sanders trailed with 349. And those totals don't include the party's superdelegates, because if you remember, I spoke a couple weeks ago that the Democrats have superdelegates along with the delegates. And it seems like the overwhelming majority of whom are backing Clinton. There's one thing I want to add about the superdelegates. I've noticed a lot of people posting on social media that adding the superdelegates is rigged, that the DNC wants Hillary. And while that may be true to an extent, I just want to remind everyone that in the beginning, they were also for Hillary back in 2008. And when they saw Barack Obama gaining momentum, a lot of them switched sides. It'll be interesting to know when the next big 
election night is, which is March 15th, to see if there w- if Bernie Sanders will, you know, win more states and gain more momentum and if any of those superdelegates would switch. But we still have time to see that happen. There was another thing I also wanted to mention. Um, Trevor Noah from The Daily Show had a good segment about Hillary and Bernie Sanders and how, you know, Bernie Sanders, his initial talk was all about the people and inclusion and love. And now Hillary Clinton is, you know, using the same message. And I, f- and I guess a lot of Bernie Sanders um, fans are really upset about it because they feel like she's stealing his campaign. And that could be true to an extent because she has come off initially as more of a Wall Street backer and not so much for um, the younger generation and she's definitely trying to change her outlook and her speeches on that and while that can be very frustrating for the Bernie Sanders campaign I think Trevor Noah made a really great point in saying that at least because of Bernie Sanders Hillary is becoming more left and more for the people than for Wall Street and that you know if she becomes president of the United States Hopefully, you know, she'll upkeep that message. So maybe if Bernie Sanders isn't president or isn't the nominee, this has forced Hillary Clinton to kind of rethink her values and revamp her campaign more for the people. It'll be interesting if she were to win the presidential election, if she would continue with that message. Well, the Democrats are having their debate in Flint, Michigan. If you recall from all the news and some of my previous podcast when I discussed about the huge water crisis and the lead poisoning that happened there. I'm pretty sure that Flint, Michigan, and that um, poisoning crisis is going to play a huge role in that debate on Saturday. So what's the day with the second most states and delegates? That would be March 15th when five big states vote, which is Florida, Illinois, Missouri, North Carolina, Ohio. And the system changes. Those carry 1,058 delegates, so that's 691 for Democrats, 367 for Republicans. More states start to become winner-take-all. By the end of March, about half of all Democratic delegates, about 48%, almost two-thirds of Republican delegates, 63%, will have been allocated. So at that point, we really should have a much better idea of, you know, who's going to be standing. And I think... For the Republican side, for Kasich, he's really banking on Ohio and Michigan because he is a governor of Ohio and Michigan's a neighboring state, and I think he's really hoping to try and gain two victories there. If he doesn't, I think that's pretty much the end of his campaign. Another interesting thing to note in regards to demographics, those people who were making last-minute decisions on the Republican side, they felt that... um, Rubio made the best impression on them, and they switched to Rubio last minute. So a lot of the undecided voters ended up going towards um, Marco Rubio. Another interesting thing to note is that the Texas GOP had the largest primary turnout in history. 1.75 million people showed up for the primary, which is much less than the Democratic side. Um, I just want to remind everyone that the population of the state of Texas is close to 27 million people. So just think... Only two, about 2 million people out of 27 million decided that Ted Cruz would win the state of Texas. And this is why I reiterate how important it is for us to vote in these primary and 
you know, presidential elections because just a small percentage is deciding it for the entire state and therefore the entire nation. That's why it was so important for people to vote. And I just want to add, I loved how many people took selfies with their kids, taking them voting. I thought it was awesome. I really saw the Desi community out there, and I really loved it, and I really appreciated it, and I loved how people were, you know, taking it out on social media, and I think that's awesome. I hope we continue that. Um, but moving on, that, again, I'm saying the GOP in general across all of Super Tuesday had record numbers in turning out. Um, Cruz won Texas and that was expected. It was said that if he didn't win Texas, his campaign would be over at that point. Kasich is still getting more newspaper endorsements, even though he hasn't really won. Again, he's banking on March 15th. Another funny thing that I wanted to add was, um, about Chris Christie and how he's endorsed Donald Trump. And when Donald Trump was giving a speech, his face in the background was just absolutely hilarious. And if you follow Twitter, it was just trending all over the place about saving Chris Christie. Um, today, he gave a speech in which he clarified his expressions and that he has no regrets um, endorsing Donald Trump. Well, his face seemed otherwise, to be honest, because I saw that speech, but we'll see what happens Maybe he's looking for a VP spot, and that's why he endorsed him. But I definitely found it very interesting that he did endorse Donald Trump. Um, another interesting thing to note was Mitt Romney's speech. He gave a speech today about going against Donald Trump and that he shouldn't be the Republican primary. I also found it really interesting in that um, Trump had endorsed Romney when he ran in 2012. And Mitt Romney was saying, well, you know, now that he said all this stuff against like Hispanics and African-Americans and Muslims, like that's not the Republican Party, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's noble, but I also think it's a bit too late for two reasons. One, like when he was initially making these comments, why weren't mainstream Republicans stopping it right then and there? I felt like they were kind of like, that's not cool, but eh, you know, but now with the KKK situation where one of them has endorsed Donald Trump and said that they should vote for him. There's a lot more outrage. And I agree the KKK is absolutely and notoriously known for committing hate crimes against African Americans and Jewish people and that their threat shouldn't be diminished. But I feel like they waited for so many racist remarks to continuously happen before they just really started to put their foot down. And that's why I think it's too late. And I think even though the Republican Party is trying to save face, it's a, it's coming a bit too late because even um, Mitch McConnell, who is the Senate Majority Leader, and Paul Ryan, who is the Speaker of the House, you know, they've started to come out against Trump as well. But you're doing it when he's already in full swing of things. I feel like, again, most people didn't think Trump would get so far, but at the same time, it's like, those comments were made about Hispanics and Muslims and so many other groups. And that should have, that strong stance should have started from the get-go. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, not only that, but Trump has already won 10 out of the first 15 states to vote. And he has a clear lead over Rubio and Cruz. So I think this is going to be something to watch for sure. 
Um, in other news, I wanted to talk about how Bernie Sanders, you know, when with his first win, he tied in Iowa, but he he had a pretty big win in New Hampshire, and then he's won, you know, three other states. I think something that's really awesome to know is that he's breaking religious barriers. As most people know that he is Jewish, but he is the first non-Christian candidate to have won a primary. And I think that's really awesome because it really paves the way for other minority religions to think about and dream about becoming president. And I thought that was something really awesome that he has achieved. Also, it there have been rumors that Julian Castro, who is a twin brother of Joaquin Castro. He was the former mayor of San Antonio, now um, is the secretary of HUD, Housing and Urban Development, under the Obama administration. Um, he has been a huge supporter of Hillary Clinton, and it's been rumored that he would be a potential VP candidate. I believe Hillary has confirmed that she would consider him as of late. That would really be awesome for the Hispanic community and for Texas, because he's a born and raised Texan. Um, one of the other big things I wanted to talk about in news was the Supreme Court has heard about the Texas 2013 abortion bill. I'm sure a lot of you may remember about Wendy Davis doing a huge filibuster with her sneakers on. And, and unfortunately, that bill passed. And a lot of people thought it was really unfair to women. And so it's been taken to the Supreme Court, but I mentioned in my past podcast about Justice Scalia passing, and it seems like there could be a tie vote. So they're thinking it could possibly be remanded down to the federal district court. So that's something also to watch, um, because I believe abortion is a very controversial topic, and I think the Supreme Court is still trying to shy away from giving a firm outcome on it, and that's why they might want to remand it. But That's something else to watch. Um, Moving on, I wanted to also talk about the local elections. Um, If you all remember Molly White, she had made some very interesting remarks about Muslims in this past legislative session. Um, She initially lost her primary, but now she's asking for a recount. Apparently, she lost by 118 votes. We'll see what happens with that. Um, If you all remember, uh, we had two great interviews for two amazing candidates for the Democratic primary for U.S. Congress District 3 with Michael Filak and Adam Bell. Um, Adam Bell won that race, and he will be facing Sam Johnson in the November elections. Furthermore, we might have a crazy lady on our school board. There's a lady by the name of Mary Lou Bruner, and she believes President Barack Obama was a gay prostitute in his youth. She believes there is scientific proof that the Grand Canyon could not have been created by anything other than the biblical Great Flood. She feels that sex education is a method to indoctrinate kids to be gay. She won Tuesday night, but she will be going into a Republican runoff on May 24th. If you voted in the Republican primary and you're in the Kaufman-Rockwall area, I greatly urge you to vote in that runoff. I think she could cause some interesting problems within the school board, and they're the people that choose and decide our um, children's textbooks, so that's something to keep in mind. If you have friends in that area, tell them to vote on May 24th. Don't worry, I will also be reminding you on this podcast. Um, Another thing I wanted to discuss was about 
the Speaker of the Texas House, Joe Strauss, he had some uh, primary fights, but he was able to stay in, which I think is awesome. He is a great Speaker of the House. He is moderate and listens and is very compromising to both sides, to Republicans and Democrats. Um, one Democrat that did lose in the San Antonio area was Trey Martinez Fisher. He was running for the Texas Senate. Um, he was in the Texas House, and I think he'll be greatly missed because he was one of those politicians that would really put his foot down against any racism, For and he was a big advocate for women's health. I think it's unfortunate that he lost on the Senate against Jose Menendez, who's also a Democrat. I think he'll be great. But I think it's very unfortunate that we lost him on the House side because he was one of those that was a really big fighter. We'll see who will take his place on the Texas House. Uh, furthermore, there's no more Lon Burnham, who is running for a railroad commission on the Democratic side. It was incredibly shocking given all the endorsements he had from environmental groups and energy groups and newspapers. He may have lost due to name recognition of Yarbrough, which um, has no relations, but there was a very popular Populate, popular, excuse me, um, Senator from Texas, Yarbrough, and maybe that's where the confusion happened. People really are confused about those results. And so, you know, those were the election results. But the question is, what should we as South Asians do next? Okay, the primary's over. What's next? So, as I mentioned before, some elections have runoffs coming up in May, so that's something to look out for if that's in your district. You should definitely look into that. Um, we also need to start doing some research on the upcoming candidates up for election. For most pe people, like the primaries are done, so you have your Republican and your Democratic candidates. You know, message me on my website, www.azrasiddiqui.com, and there's a contact page, and if you want interviews with certain candidates, please do let me know or let Aisha Auntie know or Radio Azad know. That would be great. That would be helpful because we want to hear from you all what you guys want to hear. And, you know, we need to be active to combat the hate. So in that sense, we need to start talking to candidates from both parties about what they intend to do in their elected official capacities. So even if someone may seem very right-wing and you know, not into your values, it doesn't hurt if they're going to be your representative to talk to them and to start getting them to understand and know you. Remember, it is election season. They're still trying to win votes. So just because they're not in line with your values, it doesn't hurt to try and get to know them and try and talk to them and get a better feel for what they're really like. Um, I highly encourage that. I highly encourage, like, there's so many um, debates going on within your county, within your city, to really attend those. A lot of them have roundtable discussions. Also, you should attend those. So I think at the end of the day, just because primaries are over, November is not far away. So we need to start doing our research, doing whatever that we can to get to know our candidates, for them to get to know us, for them to know our values. And maybe some of them will understand and realize that, oh, I've never met a Muslim before, but now we have so many in our community. We have so many Hindus and Sikhs in our community as well. I should get to know them better. I should try and campaign with them because if they don't know us and they don't know that we exist, they're not going to campaign and care about us. So also... Make sure you're registered to vote for the upcoming election in November. Try and start getting 
your friends to register to vote as well, even though November seems far away, it's not. The earlier we get started, the better it is. And that is my political segment for today. I hope you all have a great weekend, and thank you.